The Holy Spirit is not capitalized. He's a little s. Well, that's utter blasphemy. Because the Holy Spirit is God. So they deny the witness that God has given of himself in the scriptures. Look at, look at verse 7 in this chapter. This is marvelous. And we'll see that this, this, this is a direct reference to the Trinity, beloved. Three in one. Three distinct personalities, yet one in power, one in purpose, and one in decree. For there are three that bear record in heaven. Three. The Father, Jehovah. The Word, or the Son, Jehovah. And the Holy Ghost, Jehovah. Right? And these three are one. And notice it doesn't say one in faith, because our faith is in them. They don't have to have faith. They're God. You see how people just twist the Scriptures a little bit, beloved? Oh, my. But they make God a liar in denying what the Scriptures say. It says here very distinctly, that the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost are three in one. Three in one. Last week we saw that the strength of the church, the born-again believer, lies in He alone who, who is our Savior. We only find the victory over the world in Christ. He is the great object of our faith, beloved. He's the great object of our faith. Let's read verses 4 and 5 again. Look at this, of 1 John chapter 5. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? The follower of Christ is born again of the Holy Spirit of God, and when the Holy Spirit regenerates us, we see ourselves as a needy, lost, and helpless sinner before God. That's our, that we, see our, we see our natural state for the first time when the Holy Spirit regenerates us. And then we continue to see that state all through our walk through this world. But we find all fullness and all suitableness of our salvation in Christ and Him alone. And the, the regenerated sinner, the born-again sinner, discovers that they have been drawn to Christ by the will of the Father, by the Holy Spirit of God. And they are brought to the only one who can save us from our sins. The Lord Jesus Christ. And each born-again believer believes by God-given faith the witness that God has given in the Scriptures of His Son. Of his son. They find in Christ again all their wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And they find in him the only one who can overcome the world, the only one who has overcome the world. In joy and in sorrow, the believer in Christ, the born again, blood washed believer, has a peace that passes all understanding. Folks don't understand how we can be so calm in this world. Well, it's because we know who's in control. Now, do we get agitated? Do we get worked up? Absolutely. But we, we end up getting our eyes on Christ again instead of the world, and we calm back down again, don't we? But as Brother Tim said, oh, what a burden we have for our loved ones. What a burden we have for them who do not know Christ. And continue to pray for them, beloved, until they breathe their last breath. Continue to lift them up to Christ. 
Oh my. We don't know who God's people are. He knows, but we don't. So therefore, we, we pray for our, our family, our friends. Oh my. People we just come in contact with. You ever find yourself just praying for someone that you just met? Lord, please save them. You might not see them again, and you might not think of them again, but you ask the Lord, Lord, please just save them if it's your will. My. Now let's read verses Let's read verses 1 to 10 of 1 John chapter 5 for tonight's study. We'll be looking at verses 6 to 8 tonight, but let's read the context of these verses that we're going to study tonight. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Note there the statement, Jesus is the Christ, is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begot loveth him also that is begotten of him. So God's people love those who are born again by God the Holy Spirit. By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and keep his commandments, we love his word. We didn't used to love his word, now we do. Now we love his word. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. The word of God is not grievous to the, to the believer in Christ. No, it's, it guides us, it directs us, it tells us about our Savior. It tells us about who God is, as the Holy Spirit illuminates the scriptures for us. We, we learn and grow in the grace and knowledge and truth of Christ. And we see again ourselves before God even more as sinners. But oh, what a great Savior we see. What a Savior. What a Savior. And, and, and the book is not grievous. The words of this Bible are not grievous to God's people. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? Now, there's a statement right there that we're going to latch on to tonight. Jesus, or look at that, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. We're going to look at the witness that's put forth in scriptures that Jesus is the Son of God. Look at this. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Now note there, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. The Word there, we're going to see later on, became flesh and dwelt among us. And there are three that bear, record, that bear witness in, in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. Now see there where it says, for there are three that bear record in heaven. Record there is witness. There are three that bear witness in heaven. In the Greek, that word's witness. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And then the next verse says, and there are three that bear witness in the earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of man, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he had testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. Because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. So those watchtower folks who say that Jesus isn't God, that he was a God, which is utter blasphemy, you have to do Greek gymnastics. What they do is they say 1 John 1, 1, which says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The, the God there is logos at the end of that verse. And you have to do Greek gymnastics in order to put a God in there. It's not in the, it's not in the, it's not in the Greek at all. At all. 
and they make God a liar by, by saying that the Lord Jesus Christ is not God. That's what the Scripture is bringing forth there in verse 10. We're going to look at that more in depth next week, though. But look at that. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. What's the record, of the, what's the record that God gave of his Son? This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. The Son of God. We'll see later on. The Word of God incarnate. The one who said in verse 7 is one with the, the Father and one with the Holy Spirit. The three in one, beloved. The three in one. As we saw last week, the Apostle Paul made it very clear in his writing, which again is inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. Never forget these words are inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. That, that he who overcomes the world, he brings forth before us a clear explanation of this victorious faith in verse 5. Look at this. He, who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. See, our victory is in Christ. So who is the one who overcomes the world? He who believes that Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the Son of God. That he is who he says he is. That he is who he says he is. He's already told us in verse 4 that, that those who are born of God overcome the world by faith. And again, that faith is only in Christ. And we have the victory in these truths. And they can only be understood by the grace of God that all our victory, all our overcome in this world comes to us in Christ, in Him alone. He gets all the glory, beloved. If we could say that we get victorious in ourselves, then we'd be glorying in ourselves, wouldn't we? But it don't work that way. Christ gets all the glory. He won't share his glory with anyone else. And we don't want him to. We don't want him to. Oh, he's the only one who could redeem us. He's, he's the great Savior. He's the great Savior. Look at verses uh, 4 and 5 again. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Again, our faith is centered in Christ. He's the object of our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So God-given faith believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Very plainly brought forth, isn't it? Now we see the next three verses in our text, verses 6 to 8, have to do with the, the true witness that Jesus is the Son of God. Verse 5 of this chapter brings forth that the ones who overcome the world, the ones who are born again by the Holy Spirit of God, are the ones who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And we believe this by God-given faith, don't we? We believe this by revelation of the Holy Spirit of God. Because we can all look back at a time when we didn't believe this. I don't care how religious a person was. Until we're born again, we don't, we don't believe that Jesus Christ is, is the Son of God. We don't love him before we're saved, before we're regenerated, do we? No. No. We may not have said, I hate him, but in our actions we did. And in our, in, in, in our sin, we did that. 
But look at this, it's marvelous. The question is, do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Because if you do, if you're born again by the Holy Spirit of God, the Scripture plainly brings forth here that you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That salvation's only in Him. In nowhere else. You believe the witness that the Father and that the Holy Spirit has given us in the Scriptures. We believe the witness of God. Remember we looked at that earlier in our study? The, the true believer in Christ believes what God says in His Word. We don't argue with it. Now, we don't understand it all. I like what Norm Wells says, Brother Norm Wells. He says, when I come to a passage that I don't understand, I just go over that because I haven't been given any light on it yet. But God may, may in, in time, be pleased to give me light on that verse. <laughs> I like that. Because we, we certainly, we're just scratching the surface at what we know, beloved. But we marvel in what God reveals to us, don't we? We marvel in it. We marvel in it. Look at verses 5 to 8. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in the earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. Now, note the words in verse 5 at the end, because they tie right into the next verses. Jesus is the Son of God. Turn to chapter 4, if you want, if you will, in this book. Chapter 4. And let's read verse 15. In light of what's brought forth here. Jesus is the Son of God. Look at this. 1 John 4.15 Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. Look at that. If we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, how can we be sure that he's the Son of God? Who bears witness to the fact that he is the Son of God? Who who did we get our faith from? And that faith believes that he's the Son of God who overcomes the world, that he, that he overcomes the world for us, that he's done it. Well, we'll see that John in the next two studies brings forth before us who bears witness, who bears witness that Jesus is, is the Son of God. And it's God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, beloved, who does. And we know that our Lord's own works bear witness of who he was. They gave witness that he was the Son of God, that he was God incarnate in the flesh. But we see that there are three that bear record, which is witness in the Greek, again, in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. One in purpose, always remember this, one in purpose, one in decree, one in power, one in executing that which the Father has purposed and planned. They're one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The three are one. Three distinct personalities, yet one. Oh my. 
See, natural, finite man, we try to understand the infinite. <laughs> and that's why you get all these twisted doctrines. We can't understand the infinite God. <laughs> just what he reveals to us in Scripture. And then, and then we just stand there with our mouth open, don't we? And our eyes wide. And who he really is. Look at verse 6. This is he, being Christ, that came by water and blood. Even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by blood, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. Now notice that John brings forth here before us the incarnation of the Word of God. The incarnation of Christ with, with the words, This is He that came. The Lord Jesus Christ came to this earth. No matter if people deny it, he came. He was here. John saw him. John heard him. John laid his head upon his breast. He's a witness. He's an ear witness, an eye witness of who Christ is. And this is who's writing this book. And the Lord Jesus Christ was God incarnate in the flesh. Fully man and yet fully God. And at the appointed time of the Father, when the fullness of time was come, God sent His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of God, the Word of God, the second person of the Trinity, the Word of God, made of a, of a woman, made under the law. And He came into this world not a second late and not a second early. But he came into this world at the exact appointed time of our great God, what he had set and purposed in eternity. And God prepared a body for the word, didn't he? Yeah. Christ was born the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Marvel at these words. This is he that came. He came into this world. Marvel at those words. I was reading about the incarnation today and, and great is the mystery of godliness. God was in the flesh. The word of God. My. The sinless, spotless lamb of God. Emmanuel, he's called. God with us the King of kings and the Lord of lords, fully God and yet fully man, totally sinless, perfect. Blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And his name is the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of Israel. And he cometh in the name of the Lord, sent by the Father, beloved, at the exact appointed time Time to redeem his people from their sins. And in the words there, this is he that comes has direct reference to the incarnation of Christ. It's a definite historic event. I was reading a Greek scholar today and he was bringing that out that this is, the, the wording in the Greek is a, a definite historic event. And think of the pre-existent Son of God came into this world. The Word, the one who's one with the Father and the Spirit, 
came into this world. God was manifest in the flesh. And he was sent by the Father to do the Father's will, beloved. And what was the Father's will? Marvel that Christ would save his people from their sins. And each believer could say, it was the Father's will that Christ was sent to save me from my sins. That he would shed his blood for me on Calvary's cross. And never forget, beloved, all our sins were future at Calvary's cross. Same watchtower folks I was talking to, I said, all my sins are forgiven. All of them. Because every sin of mine was future at Calvary's cross. And Christ paid it all. Hallelujah. What a Savior. What a God. That the Word of God would become flesh, dwell among us, and save me from all my sins. Let's turn to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. John who wrote this epistle that we're studying. Let's go to the gospel that bears his name in chapter 1. Look at this verse here. The law was given by Moses, but you know grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Grace and truth only came to us by by Jesus Christ. Look at this. John chapter 1 verse 17. Look at this. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now note the contrast here before us between law and grace in this verse. The law, moral Levitical, was given to Moses or two men through Moses. It's not his own. It comes from God. But note the contrast here. Grace and truth were not given to Christ. They're his already. They're part of his essential perfections, beloved. And they came to us by him. Moses received from God the law, which manifested that God is righteous and he demands man to be perfect, to be sinless in order to stand before him. It tells man what we ought to do, but it tells us something we could never do. Now the law we know is holy and just and good, and it demands obedience, doesn't it? It demands obedience. And the only alternative to, to, to the only alternative to, to not being obedient is death. Is death. It's inflexible. And it's claims and it remits no part of its penalty. The soul that sinneth it must die. And we know that such a law, the holy law of God, could never justify nor show mercy to a sinner. It was to be a schoolmaster, beloved, to bring us to Christ. And think of this, the terror that Israel displayed at the giving of the law is the terror felt by every sinner who truly understands the law and understands that we can never fulfill it. Not one law. Not one law. It reveals to us condemnation and death, doesn't it? 
for the sinner. It does not reveal the love and grace of God. No, it's stern. Justice must be satisfied. It reveals the justice of God, and it does not make mercy known. And the law testified to God's righteousness and God's holiness, but it did not exhibit his grace. Because by the law is the knowledge of sin. Now contrast that with the grace of God and the mercy of God and the truth of God, which this verse tells us came by Jesus Christ. We only find, we only find in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ the grace and mercy of God to sinners. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ tells us of he who is full of grace He who is the way, the truth, and the life. And his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is he that has come. It's he that's spoken of in 1 John 5, 6. Let's go back there again. Now who bears witness that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is the Christ? Let's read verse 6 6 again of 1 John chapter 5. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. Now we know the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. We know that he guides us in all truth. He won't speak of himself, but he'll direct us right to Christ. We know that from the Scriptures. He's the Spirit of truth. So we see here, he bears witness that Jesus is the Christ. That he's the Son of God. John brings forth before us the answer of who bears witness that Jesus is the Son of God. That he is the Christ. John gives us the answer. And we can have full confidence, beloved, in our blessed Savior, who is the substance of all the shadows and types of the Old Testament. He's the substance. He's the substance. All those sacrifices in the Old Testament, but shadows and types, beloved. But here's the substance. The Lord Jesus Christ. The one who the Holy Spirit of God gives witness to. All those shadows and types in the Old Testament were typified in the ceremonial law, all pointed to Christ. All pointed to In the Levitical law, we see that water and blood being brought forth by pure water, all filth was washed away so that man might come before God pure and clean. And by blood expiation was made that, that man might come before God reconciled and justified. Turn, if you would, to Ezekiel chapter 36. Ezekiel chapter 36, and then put your finger in Leviticus chapter 17. Ezekiel chapter 36 and Leviticus chapter 17. Let's read verses 24 to 27. In Ezekiel chapter 36. And then we'll go over to Leviticus chapter 17 where we read verses 10 and 11. Ezekiel 36, 24 to 27. For I will take you from among the heathen. That's what he's done with us, isn't he? Oh, beloved. We're an ecclesia. Called, in the Greek, a called out assembly. And he's taken us out from the heathen, beloved. We were... We were Running around with them all. Didn't have a care in the world. Look at that. For I'll take you out. Or I'll take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries 
And this speaks of his elect. And bring you into your own land. Oh my. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you. And you shall be clean from all your filthiness. And from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit born again of the Holy Spirit of God. Having a heart now that hungers and thirsts after righteousness. Which is Christ. And I will put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. Notice who's doing all the work. It's God. And I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes to keep my judgments and do them. Oh, my beloved. Now turn, if you would, over to Leviticus chapter 17. Look at verses 10 and 11. 10 and 11. And whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel or of the strangers that sojourn among you, that eateth any man or blood, I will even set my face against that soul that eateth blood and will cut him off from among his people. Look at this. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. What was shed at Calvary's cross for our sins? The blood of Christ. He gave his life for us, beloved. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make what? An atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Christ the sinless, spotless sacrifice in life and in death. Oh, gives himself, sheds his precious blood for our sins, beloved. For our sins. Our sins were imputed to him. And he paid everything that God demanded. Everything. And hence the beautiful words that will ring in the saints' ears. It is finished. Finished, beloved. The law is satisfied. The law of God is satisfied. The justice of God is satisfied against all those for whom Christ died for on Calvary's cross. What a Savior. What a Savior. So the whole perfection of sanctification and justification is fulfilled in God or in Christ and only in Christ. So we see the substance of what the ancient baptisms were types as our sanctification is only in him. And we see that all those sacrifices just pointed to the one who would make atonement for the sins of God's people, the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, all those ancient sacrifices were types and shadows and they find in Christ the substance, the substance, beloved. Hence why Paul penned by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God that Christ is for the believer all our wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. That's why he penned those words, beloved. Because Christ is everything to us. Everything. That we may only glory in God alone. Let's go back to our text. And then put your finger in Matthew chapter 3. We'll be going over there. Matthew chapter 3. Look at this. This is he that came, the word of God. The second person of the Trinity came to this earth by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit that beareth witness because the spirit is truth. We know that spirit who gives witness is the Holy Spirit of God. And Christ, he came by water and blood, beloved. He was baptized and it... And it was there that the Holy Spirit descended and the Father witnessed to who Christ is. Turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 3. 
Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 to 17. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. And remember, every time we read that, it's by the appointment and decree of God. Huh? Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan and unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering and said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Remember, he's living the perfect life as the substitute of our people, or of his people, of God's people. He's li- so he says, Suffer it. Suffer it to be so, to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. Look at this. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straight away out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Do you see the witness there? The Holy Spirit descends like a dove. And the Father's voice booms from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. That can only be said of Christ. And we'll see later, that can only be said of the Word of God. The Word of God. Let's go back to our text there. 1 John chapter 5, verse 6. We see that Christ came by water and blood. This is He that came. He entered into this world at the exact time appointed by the Father, by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. And here we see, beloved, that the Holy Spirit of God gives testimony of who Christ is through the Gospel. It's the Holy Spirit of God again who teaches God's people of the finished, complete, perfect, atoning work of Christ. And Christ accomplished that perfect, complete, atoning work on Calvary's cross, beloved. By Himself. And by His death, the shedding of His precious blood, because the life of the flesh is in the blood, He accomplished us at Calvary's cross. And the witness that the Spirit gives of Christ is is truth, because that witness is is of Him, who we see here is the spirit of truth. What does the Holy Spirit give witness to of Jesus Christ? Well, we saw in Matthew chapter 3 that the Father bears witness to him of these words, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit only leads us to Christ, beloved. He only leads us to Christ. He leads us to the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. He will, not, he will not speak of himself. He bears witness of Christ through the preaching of the gospel, beloved. The thing that the Father and the Holy Spirit bear witness to again is that Jesus is the Son of God. And we see in verse 6 that whether this witness is from heaven or from earth, the source is the same, the Spirit of God. Look at verse 6 again. This is he that cometh by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, 
because the Spirit is truth. Who regenerates us? The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. The Spirit of truth, beloved. Who gives us faith to believe that Jesus is the Son of God? The Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit of God. Who guides us into all truth, beloved? The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. And the Holy Spirit of God has given us witness that Jesus is the Son of God. Now let's read verse 7. Well, we could spend whole messages on this verse. We may, Lord willing, revisit this verse as we finish up this wonderful book. Look at this. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And again, the word record there in verse 7 is witness. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. We see that heaven bears witness that Jesus is the Son of God. Three in heaven bear witness that Jesus is the Son of God. The Father, the Word, who is the Son of God, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. They're in agreement, beloved. They're in agreement. We saw in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, that the Father bears witness of who Christ is with the words, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Turn, if you would, to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. And we've just seen that the Holy Spirit of God bears witness that Christ is the Son of God in verse 6 of this chapter. And we just read that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit agree. So if the Holy Spirit bears witness that Jesus is the Son of God and the Father bears witness that the, Jesus is the Son of God, the Word bears witness that He's the Son of God, right? Because the three are one. The three are one. Look at this in John chapter 5, verses 36 and 37. Listen to these scriptures from the lips of our master. Look at this. But I have a greater witness than that of John. For the works which a father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me that the father has sent me. Just his very works, beloved, bear witness that he's the son of God, that he's God incarnate in the flesh. And the Father himself, look at verse 37, I mean, and the Father himself, which has sent me, hath borne witness of me. He says then to them, ye have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape. Oh my. He's just revealed to them who he is. Now they still don't understand because they're blind, just like we were when we were dead in trespasses and sins. But now we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, don't we? We believe it. Now go over to chapter 8. Chapter 8. Chapter 8. Then I'll have you go to chapter 1 after this. We're going to stay in John a little bit tonight. Listen to the words of our master over here in John chapter 8, verses 12 to 19. And take note again of whom Christ proclaims bears witness of who he is. Now we saw over there in John 5, verse 37, that the Father bears witness of him. And we heard that in Matthew chapter 3. Now listen to these words over here in John chapter 8, verses 12 to 19. 
Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. What a statement. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself, thy record is not true. They're saying, you bear witness of yourself. Well, your, 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 your witness is not true. Oh my, they don't know who they're talking to. Look at this. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. He is who he says he is. They don't believe it, but he is who he says he is. For I know whence I came and whither I go, but, but ye cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. Ye judge after the flesh. I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true. Look at that. So when, when, when all stand before Christ at the great white judgment, his judgment is true. People get what they deserve. See, we don't get what we deserve. We receive mercy, beloved. Look at that, though. What a statement there. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Then said they unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, Ye neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. So we saw there in 1 John 5, 6 that the Holy Spirit bears witness of Christ. The Father bears witness of Christ. And Christ himself bears witness of who he is. Because the three are one. They agree, beloved. One in purpose, one in power, one in execution of the, of the decree of God and the will of God. And we see over there in 1 John 5, 7, look at this. For there, is, there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Now let's go to, first, or let's go to John chapter 1. The Word of God in heaven bears witness of who He is. He's the Word of God, beloved. And we'll see that He, the Word of God, became incarnate and dwelt among us. And His name is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Look at this. Now again, this first verse is where the, the Watchtower people do Greek gymnastics. They say instead of was God, they say was a God. You, cannot, you can't get that out of the Greek. It's just not there. It's not there. But look at this. People, people try to twist the fact to try to say that Christ was not God, but, but here are some of the best verses to bring people to right here. In scriptures, look at this. John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word. Now remember now remember our text? For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, same, same capital W, right? and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Now look at this. Huh? In the beginning was the Word, the same Word that was spoken of over there in 1 John. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was God. He is God. Now this is speaking of the pre-incarnate Christ. He's, a, he's the word of God in glory. The same was in the beginning with God. 
all things were made by him. Oh my. And without him was not anything made that was made. See, this is a great place to take people because look at verse 14 of the same chapter. Look what, we, look what it says here. Look at this. We know, from, we know from verse 1, the Word was God and was with God and is God. Look at this, beloved. We'll read verses 14 and 15. And the Word. Remember over, remember over in our text, this is he that came. This is he that came. Came into this world. And this is going to speak about it right here. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him, cried, saying, This is he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And that is none other, beloved, than the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of God incarnate. The Word of God incarnate. So we see... In our text, let's go back to 1 John 5, 7. In light of these wonderful truths there of, of John chapter 1. Oh, look at this. For there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. My. And the Word is the one who died for you and me if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that incredible? My. It's incredible. It's just incredible. Jesus Christ is the subject and the substance of, of the written word of God. He's, he's the substance of the written word of God. It's all about him. This is a book about redemption story. And it all talks about Christ, beloved. It all talks about Christ. And God, the Father... God the Word and God the Holy Spirit all bear witness of who Christ is. So that means that God the Father, God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit all bear witness of who Christ is. He is the Son of God. He's very God of God. He's, he's the one true God. The Ancient of Days made flesh to come to save His people from their sins. My, now let's read verse 8. Verse 8 here. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. Our Lord Jesus Christ came to this world, beloved. The world was made by him, and the world received him not. And we see here that, that there are three that bear record in the earth. The Holy Spirit of God bears witness to Christ. The Holy Spirit bears witness to the truth. He bears witness to man's sinfulness and he bears witness that Christ is the Son of God. How? Through the preaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, beloved. On earth, the Spirit through the gospel bears witness with our spirit. We who are born again that we are the sons of God, one with Christ, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, beloved. Oh my. Turn, if you would, to John chapter... 19, and this will be the last portion we'll be looking at. And we see made mention of the water and the blood when Jesus' side is pierced, beloved. Look at this. John 19, verses 31 to 37. We'll see that water and blood came from our Savior's side. And remember, it's all by the purpose of God, beloved. 
It's all by the purpose of God. And the Holy Spirit bears witness that through the word of God, the blood of Christ, and not, not only some part of our salvation is found in Christ, but all our salvation is found in Christ, beloved. All of it. He's the Alpha and he's the Omega. The beginning and the end. The beginning and Look at this in John 19, verses 31 to 37. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day was an high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and brake the legs of the first and of the other, the two thieves, which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they brake not his legs, but one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came there out blood and water. And he that saw it bear record, and his record is true. And he knoweth that he is, he saith true, that ye might believe. For these things were done, that the scripture should be fulfilled, a bone of him shall not be broken. And again, another scripture would say, they shall look upon him whom they pierced. The heavenly witnesses, beloved, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit are one in witness to the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And God's people believe this. By God-given faith, we believe this. And we testify that the Lord Jesus Christ is the only Savior of sinners. Just like the Scriptures declare, beloved. Just like the Scriptures declare. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, they agree. And they testify of Christ. They testify of Christ. The Scriptures testify of Christ the only redeemer of sinners. And God's people testify that we can only overcome the world in Christ and Christ alone. That he alone is our salvation. We have no hope outside of Christ. But praise be to God, we who are in Christ are safe like Noah and his family were safe in the ark from the wrath and judgment of God because it already fell upon our Savior. Just like that rain beat upon the ark, beloved, all the justice and all the wrath of God for us was poured out on Christ, beloved. Hallelujah. What a Savior is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for allowing us to be here together, allowing us to look in thy word. And oh, Lord, we know there was a time when we didn't believe the witness that was in your scripture, that's in your scripture. But oh, now we who are your people, we who are born again by the Holy Spirit of God, we rejoice in these Wonderful words that are brought forth in the scriptures. Oh, by God-given faith, we believe the record. We believe the witness that the scriptures give us of the Lord Jesus Christ, who he is, what he came here to do, and where he is now. Glory to your name, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.